Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to episode 14. Well, it's not episode 14. It's the recap of session 14, though. How you doing, Kat? Good. How are you? Oh, man. Uh, if I were any better, I'd need to be twins to soak it all in. So, uh, how's your day been? Um, my day was very slow. I didn't work much, and I spent time building another character. Oh, never admit to that on a podcast. You never know when your <laughs> boss might listen to it. <laughs> uh, that's perfectly fine. I'll I'll admit to it. They don't know when this was recorded. Oh, that's true. Um, okay, so we had a pretty exciting session last night. Actually, it went long too. We played what four and a half hours? Close to yeah, uh, roughly. Um, so yeah, it was almost nonstop combat, and we. Um, I, I'm just, I'm going to give you my two cents worth right now. I think that we were, uh, we had every bit as much as we could handle last night. What did you think? I, I for one was certainly tapped out. Like every trick, every, every resource I had available to me was expended. I, I, towards the end, um, if, what didn't happen happened i think i mean we were obviously going to be fine but just like i towards the end i was just like all i can do is melee i can't divine smite i have no spell slots i've channeled my divinity i've done my hexblade curse i'm like there is nothing more i can do except just hit this fucker <laughs> and and you did that which uh that was great but the uh yeah i was so where were you on hit points Um, so I was okay. I think, um, what I was doing is I knew it was going to be a long fight. So I was trying to not cast any spells, but the spells I did cast were primarily shield this time. I think I had, um, I believe I had four spell slots and I casted shield about three times and I was just pretty much damage negation the entire time the only damage i took was that three damage on the ship from hitting the hit the rock and everyone took three damage that was the only damage i took at that point i still had temporary hit points it wasn't until the final fight with the big bad guy um which we'll get into later then i then i was actually starting to take some damage and um even then, I was okay. I think I was about around half. I don't think I ever dipped under half. I can't remember if anyone healed me. I don't think so. I thought I did. You might have. I, 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 I don't remember exactly, but. Well, regardless, I I know I did some yeah. healing. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up with one first level spell slot left. Uh, I burned through my channel divine channel divinity. I had burned through all three of my luck points. I I had nothing. I, I had one freaking spell slot left, and that was it. And couldn't couldn't even make full use of that because I was I had cast protection from good and evil on you, and was maintaining concentration, so I couldn't even cast another concentration spell. Yeah. I mean, I guess the only other resource I had left on me was Lay on Hands, but I'm kind of treating Lay on Hands as like an oh shit emergency button. 
Um, and like in case someone goes down or no one has spell slots, I don't want to just willy nilly spend these things. So I did have a resource I didn't use, but even still, like you said, you had one spell slot left, no luckies. I had no spell slots. We both channeled divinity to, for whatever reasons we needed to. And it was just, everything was expended. And I was down to about half of my hit points and I was kind of in the same boat. You were before the final fight, my temp HP was gone, but I hadn't hardly gotten into my regular HP at all. And I was still down to about half when we finished it out. Um, so, so let's talk about the session. Uh, we opened up, uh, on the, it was pier four on the docks. And we had been left in session 13 with the uh, idea that we were going to have to somehow sneak around several guard patrols. They were patrolling with Mastiffs. And um, because we needed to get onto the ship, the dangerous business. And we knew it was one of the small ships that was on, uh, on Pier 4, but we didn't know exactly which one. And we were getting ready to put probably a very bad plan into action when all of a sudden we started having Sahagans pop out of the water and uh, also appeared to be led by the captain of the Calm, which is the ship that brought us to Stormreach. And there was even a couple of sharks in the water that were obviously under some kind of thrall. Um and they started fighting the guards. And at this point, I don't think anybody knew where we were supposed to land in this conflict. And um, go ahead. Sorry, let me jump in real quick. Yeah. I even think some of the guards turned on other guards as well. Because I couldn't see one of them, but there was one guard on the on the front of the the bow or I think that's what it's called the front of the ship. And when combat ensued, all this, like the Sahagans came out and everything, the guard, that guard turned on someone that was next to him and never fought the Sahagan and the Sahagan never fought him. So I think there was some infighting along with the surprise attack from the Sahagans. And then you throw our party, which I didn't really have a plan because I wasted my first turn of combat doing absolutely nothing. And it was kind of like a three-way fight. So my, almost uh, like a free-for-all. There, I, I almost let myself just be paralyzed with indecision because I was like, okay, we need to get rid of these guards, but now there's another group that's fighting them. Should we try to get in good with the guards by helping them repel this fight? Or And then I just decided, you know what? Let's just get rid of everybody. <laughs> so I yeah, waited in, and the first thing that I that I ran into was one of the Mastos and whacked it, and it went running off. Yeah, that's that. I was plagued with indecision. I'm like, is this the enemy of my enemy is my friend type deal, or am I supposed to fight the Sahagans and help the guards? And then we can, like, getting good with the guards but towards the end it was just like everyone was fighting for themselves and obviously we were fighting as a team yep. against everyone well during this fight 
Mask unloaded a ranged attack on uh, the captain and struck them. And when they were struck, it dropped an illusion, and we found out it was the uh, Rakshasa. And so at that point, I felt fairly certain which side we were on. And um, probably shouldn't have uh, waded into the guards at that point. <laughs> but, um, you know, like I said, I, I think both groups were going to end up having to go anyway. So, um, so um, while we were fighting on the docks, you got drug into the water once, right? I got, I was, there was a couple times. Um, I, in the end, I did fall into the water. But um, on my second turn, or second turn of combat, um, because I wasted my first turn doing absolutely nothing with paralyzing fear of not knowing what to do and having high initiative instead of letting things figure out what to do for me, um, I advanced and one of the Sahagans jumped off and tried to drag me under. Um, I had to make an opposing athletics check. I was fine. That didn't happen. But then um, I got towards like one of the the piers, and I was gonna jump on the boat, but another a different Sahagan had the idea to push me into the water. Um, and it was at this point Prue had a pretty snazzy idea of from running on her position, position, jumping on one of like the jumping on top of one of the pillars, and then from the pillar jumping to the boat to get on the boat that way, um, which was smart. But she had to make an athletics or acrobatics check. I couldn't remember which one of the two. And I think she she rolled. She botched it up. first, right? And then used uh, her. Um, didn't she use inspiration at that point? Yes, you're right. Um, she used an inspiration because I think she rolled like a nat one or something, right? Yeah, it was it was a really bad roll. Yeah. And then she rolled higher. And I don't think she met the DC for it to be a complete success, but I think she rolled good enough to where it was like a partial success, if, if that makes any sense. Right, so she <laughs> ended up hanging off the bow of the ship instead of being on the deck where she wanted to be. Right. And my turn was coming up, and I was probably the closest person to her. I wasn't close by all means, but I easily could have jumped from the pier to the boat and pulled her up. You know, taking a few opportunities of attack, but that's fine. One of my teammates is in danger. Um, she could have fallen off the boat and been eaten by a shark. But said Sahagan thought he was clever and wise and pushed me into the water instead. Um, then the sharks were coming around. They're like, ooh, there's something in the water. We're going to, like, eat something. <laughs> yeah, we started hearing the Jaws and, theme. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and... um I decided instead of jumping on the pier, I'm like, well, hell, I'll, I'll just jump on the boat from the water or like try to climb up on the boat. And uh, I, I think I did a same, a similar role where I didn't meet the DC to succeed, but I didn't fail. So then I was hanging on the side of the boat along with um, Prue. So you got two people just hanging on the edge of the boat, just clamoring for dear life. Um, but I prioritized Prue, and I'm like, listen, I'm going to use my action, because I use my movement to get onto the boat. And I'm like, I use my action, my aid action, and I'm just going to take Prue and 
get her on top of the boat and like i'll worry about me later and that worked out and a shark jumped for you or or no a shark jumped for prue right i think so yeah and she bopped it in the nose because it missed yes 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 yeah that's correct (laughs) okay yeah like a shark didn't go for me but a shark did go for prue yeah it was it was prue yeah and so prue's on top of the deck and you know at this point um you and Lars are on the other side with Winifred finishing off a few Sahagen. Um, Porsche's using her sonic pulse. That arm. was pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, she caught three people in that pulse, and all of them failed their saves and got thrown back 10 feet and took full damage. Mm-hmm. That was a good shot. And one of them even fell into the water. Oh, that's right. Yep. Forgot yep. about that. And then didn't the shark go after him? The shark went after him, yes, but then I was then put into the water the following turn, and then the yeah. shark went after me instead. Um, yeah, so then we just kind of cleaned up the docks. We, um, I say we, but um, crew did a steady aim and did a non-lethal attack on what I can only think was like a wizard or like a sorcerer guard he he was, wasn't like a traditional guard he was kind of like wearing robes he really stood out and she just clunked him on the back of the head knocked him out and took him out of commission and that pretty much ended the dock combat with i don't think anyone took any real damage and if they did it was temporary hit points uh and the but the uh rec- I don't know why I get tongue-tied saying that name. The cat. It got away. Um, So uh, went into the portal room on the dangerous business and left. And uh, that was basically the the fight at the pier. We were able to follow them in. And uh, there was a pedestal in the middle and then like six oval doorways and so we had to activate the pedestal with our key and then randomly roll which doorway we went through. To, and we were trying to get to the Maverick, which is the base that uh, Brachus uh, operated from. And so the first time that we activated a portal and went through, uh, let's see, the first one was we ended up on a ship floundering in a storm and we had to help the crew do several tasks aboard the ship, right? Uh, an airship, but yes. Yeah, okay. So um, I, I missed out on uh, some of this because I got a call from my mom for tech support <laughs> while that went on, so I missed the first part of this. Okay, that's fine. I can pick up from Yeah, here. go ahead. Um, essentially it was, we were ported to an airship and it was in the middle of a storm and there was people on the front with a caged tiger. There was a lady off to the side. There was a couple people down over there and there was a lady behind us and everything and a crazy lady in the center singing chants and prayers and whatever. Um, she wasn't really crazy. I'm just calling her crazy. Um, and it just so happened that they were in a pickle and they had six tasks for us. And hey, there's six of us. Convenient. 
Uh-huh. Ha, ha, ha. Um, <laughs> so the first one was the captain needed a spotter. So our resident sharpshooter sniper did a perception check. I so believe. I would think spotting would be perception. Yes, I, I think she did a perception check and it didn't go well. Um, I think at this point, Portia gave Prue her an, an inspiration to re-roll it, and it was worse. And then I gave my inspiration so she could re-roll it again, and it was better, but not as good as the first roll. So really, two inspirations were spent and nothing changed. Because I think it was like a 12, a 6, and then a 10 were rolled. That's interesting. I didn't realize that you could use multiple inspirations in the same round. I didn't either, so I kind of tested that. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, so what was the next task? The I know next task, I know what mine was. I ended up trying to soothe the, the tiger. Yes. The yeah. next task was a lady had some ropes tied down, and she needed them released. And Teddy said that would be more like a sleight of hand check, so I'm like, all right, Winifred can do that. Um, then there was the caged animal that needed an animal handling check. I thought to myself, okay, Keelan is got riley she's probably good with animals i'll send her there um there was also the chanting lady in the center of the ships doing her prayers and chants trying to calm the uh trying to like calm the deity or spirit or whatever the storm or whatever this disease and i'm like all right i'll send lars that's probably a persuasion check i was wrong it was not a persuasion check but we'll get to that in a minute (laughs) Then there was these two like half elves or elven kids and they needed help tying down cargo. That was a strength check. I'm like, okay, I'm the strongest in the party. I'll do that. And then there was uh, like another spotter. I don't, I don't exactly know what her job was. Um, I'm checking over notes to see if they're in here or not. But it, I'll just say she's another spotter for like incoming lightning strikes or gusts of wind or whatever, and that was another perception check as well. And I'm like, okay, Porsche's pretty smart. Or God damn it, I messed it up. Prue's pretty. No, I said it right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I was so good, and I very rarely Portia. mess up. Porsche is really smart, so I'm like, she can do a pretty good um, perception check. And that was everyone's tasks. Uh, Winifred got his uh, check nailed. I nailed my check. You got your check. Um, Unfortunately, the check for Lars was Arcana or Religion. And I don't (laughs) think Both of his strong suits right there. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think he had proficiency, let alone bonuses in that. In those categories, so I'm like, oh boy. I thought it would be like a persuasion check, like he could just kind of talk to her and calm her down. But I was wrong. Portia was a better choice for that one. Um, so in the end, we hit know, three and we failed three. Yes, um, but he failed his and Portia failed hers. So for better or worse, it sounded like unless we failed four, we were going to be okay. But we we broke even, so that marked the first encounter of the doors 
completed. As soon as that was done, the portal reappeared. We were able to get back onto the dangerous business and try another portal. Um, quick note. Yep. The captain took us to his quarters and you asked him a question to gain his attention so Winifred could swipe the ledger of black market trading deals. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yep, that's true. And then we went through the portal. So, uh, yes, back to the portal. We picked another random door. I think we went, one was our first one, then it went to six. And in the second one, it looked like another ship, but it was moving through what looked like bruised flesh instead of water. And we had to fight a tentacle monster called a chaos quadrupod. And in order, because it was like blocking the way to get back to the portal. So, uh, another combat on this ship. Uh, this one seemed pretty straightforward. One monster and us. And we um, all harangued it. Uh, I didn't really have a whole lot to offer melee. So, But I did notice that the map of the ship that we were on had two giant ballista up front. So I asked Teddy if they could swivel. Uh, to face the uh, quadrupod, and I fired, and the first one I completely missed, and instead of reloading, I just went to the other one and shot again, and I hit it, and did 4d10 damage. That was huge. (laughs) It's the most damage Keelan's ever done. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, there's not much to say on this fight is just a 6v1 versus a fairly high AC tentacle monster because I was missing some hits as well. Um, other than your ballista shooting, the tentacle monster grabbed people and grappled them, but we pretty much cut off the tentacles and freed our people and just kept whacking at it until it died i was interested to see what was going to happen to the grappled people if we didn't if we hadn't freed them like if they were gonna get chucked overboard or something you know my mind hasn't <laughs> thought about that and i'm really glad that didn't happen well I'm, i certainly wasn't going to bring it up to the dm in the middle of a fight <laughs> hey are those guys getting right. ready to get chucked overboard <laughs> yeah <laughs> well as a matter of fact yes um, so yeah, we took care of that. And then the third time that we tried the portal, we ended up in a warehouse and there was this dwellish woman. So half dwarf, half elf that was stocking shelves. And, uh, this task, we had to help her stock the shelves in order to get back to the ship. And we found out that this was uh, Lady Dagdra Amanatu, so the Storm Lord Amanatu's quote-unquote missing daughter. And she was working with the Golden Lions, and she had said she had started to agree, disagree with some of their policies and had been public about it, and so they stuck her in a warehouse doing grunt work. And um, so we were successful in the warehouse, mostly because of not Keelan. <laughs> Um, you guys needed high decks, right? And, and perception to find stuff and get it stocked. It was athletics or acrobatics to put the items in the shelves. And I think it was like investigation or perception to find the item in the wheelbarrow. 
Must have been so, investigation. I'm not very good at that. Yeah, it was it was one of the two. And um And we found out that all of these products were like uh knockoffs of um like the um like the steelworks that are that's in Stormreach or just basically products that would uh, like there was a, a bow that was it was touted as never missing but it never would hit um there was a all kinds of different um just all, practically cursed products that they were selling and it was trying to um so disruption in Stormreach is what it amounted to um, that people th- would think they were buying quality goods and they weren't going to be getting what they thought they were. Um, but we did pass that one. Uh, the portal appeared and we went back onto the dangerous business and tried it a fourth time. And the fourth time we hit the random number we needed and we ended up on the Maverick, which was essentially it was a train that was traveling through space. Um, that's what it looked like. So the astral sea and, uh, we appeared in the rear car in the galley. And after talking to the, like cook and the servant, convincing them that we were right where we were supposed to be. (laughs) Um, and there were some good roles involved with, with that. Uh, we went forward into the next car and we found, uh, Brackus and, let Brackus know that the uh, Rick, Rick, uh, the cat, God dang it, Rakshasa, <laughs> was on its way to uh, basically to kill him. And uh, Brackus asked for aid. And while almost everybody was up there, Keelan went to the rear of that car to look through the window back into the rear car just to, so that nobody get we wouldn't get snuck up on while I was there. Prue came through and went into the rear car. And I think what her plan was, was to plant an alarm spell so that basically I was watching for the same reason, but, uh, she was going to plant an alarm spell so that if someone came through the portal, we would know. And wouldn't you know it while she was back there by herself, here comes the advance guard. So there were four of these scouts along with a magic user and the fight started. You guys were all up front of the, of the middle car. I was in the back of the middle car and Prue was in in the rear with all of the enemies by herself. Uh, Um, So yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, remind me to go back to the warehouse once we're done explaining or recapping. Oh, yeah. You mean the book that uh, Winifred picked up? No, 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 no. I'll I'll get to it, but I don't don't want to derail us right now. Okay. Um, Yeah, go ahead. Talk about the fight. So we were kind of out of position. You know, Prue kind of took the worst of it, being surrounded almost immediately. Um, It was really funny because. Winifred and what's the guy's name? Brockus. Yep. Were former acquaintances. And so the, you know, they were just chatting, getting along and whatever. And, um, Winifred had the, a great idea to disguise himself as Brackus and 
they were he was just because at the at before combat started Brackus said you know like I'll give you the titanic relics and the rewards so long as nothing touches me so like he takes no damage at all he will reward us very well for it so Winifred and him were talking uh, at this point I started moving up towards the front you know having to move and dash to actually get anywhere useful to the back to the back yes and it was at this point we kind of just fought in a hallway yeah with... so that that's what i wanted to describe the the train cars were 15 feet wide only a five foot corridor in the middle and then there were like uh, separated rooms on the on each five foot on on the sides so yeah, yeah so, it, it was it was pretty tough because we were essentially fighting in a hallway. Yeah, it. I mean, it was great for like funneling them, but you know, we were also funneled, so it wasn't. It, we finally got to a position where I was. I took up front stage, front and center, taking a good majority of the hits. You were off to my right, but looking at it, it was my left or the left, and Prue was in the room on the other side of me and she kind of holed up in her cabin area and like took a scimitar, I believe to one of the walls and carved out an arrow slit. So yep. she had, she had cover and she could still help us at, out at the same time. And, you know, we just had a, the first advancing guard come at us. We, we finished them off pretty good, you know, kind of leapfrogging over everyone till we could get into position where it, it wasn't, we weren't over, we weren't surrounded. And it was going fine. Um, we were killing a couple of them here and there. And then the Rakshasa and his group of people decided to show up as well. And that's when things became real saucy, really, really saucy. Yeah, because um, it was very strong and attacked three times around. It was immune to, um, I, I think in the last podcast, I mentioned that I, I I knew these creatures from second edition. So if they were if this one was anything like those, we were going to have our hands full. We had our hands full anyway, and it was like a lesser version. So yeah. it wasn't fully... Uh, spell it didn't have full spell immunity up to i can't remember what the other one was like fourth level spells don't even affect the regular ones this one was cantrips and first level didn't affect so my spiritual weapon was still good but otherwise um couldn't affect it with any cantrips or first level spells so that took off eldritch blast it took off well most of the our offensive uh repertoire so and had resistances to non-magical weapons to non-magical weapons as well that's right so only only i was doing full damage well not full damage but i didn't have the resistances on me right so um yeah as soon as uh the rakshasa got into the fight we uh we definitely were kind of back on our heels uh, because so much damage could be done. You were blowing your first level spell slots on shields instead of saving, oh, yeah. saving them for smites. And that was probably the thing to do because, um, uh, he was doing a lot of damage. Then it got worse because the magic user that he brought with him, uh, put a shield of faith on him, which raised his armor class to more points. 
And um, at that point, I think that's when I started using my spiritual weapon on, I was using it on the Rakshasa, but then I started using it on the magic user instead because one of those extra two points gone. And at that point I cast protection from good and evil on you, which, um, gave disadvantage to the Rakshasa trying to hit you. And, um, it noticed that I did this and took offense. So went through a wall to into the like uh, separated area to come after me. It took uh, either two or three of its attacks to get through the wall and then uh, put one on me. Uh, after it took its turn, uh, when the next round rolled around, I went right before it did. So I used my action to disengage and I ran back up to the front of that of the car and used my um, bonus action to um, use the spiritual weapon. But um, the idea was I wanted to get away from this thing because I wanted to maintain your... So I, I have to maintain concentration on the protection from good and evil. And I knew he wanted to hit me to force me to make that save. So I was back up at the front of the car and, um, the, uh, and it was going to follow me, but you guys were in the way, right? Yeah. Um, I'll take over from here real quick. Cause there's a few things I want to mention. Um, the bowmen were doing, there was like four or five bowmen. I think it was four. I think it was and four. they, they could attack twice. And the Rakshasa could attack three times. And I was in the center popping shield because I was taking a good like eight to ten attacks per round because everyone was just shooting at me or the Rakshasa was attacking me. So I was taking like front and center. I was tanking all the damage that I could. Um and then I finally had a moment um, where I could Divine Smite the Rakshasa. This was my one and only Divine Smite of the um, of the session today or yesterday. And you and you had to get and you had to use your channel Divinity to get that slot back, right? I channeled Divinity to gain a, a slot back. Yes. Yeah. Because I had to because I took a hit before before I was going to just like the plan was to hexblade curse him as my bonus action and then use my last spell slot to divine smite him well I had to shield instead so I couldn't divine smite because I had to cast the shield so I waited I then just was like all right I'll just do a normal attack and I'll hexblade curse him which gives me a few bonuses here and there it's uh my proficiency bonus to damage uh, 19 and 20s count as crit and if the target dies um I heal based I heal an x amount of whatever um so I did that and then the next turn I channeled divinity to gain a spell slot because I'm like I will smite this rakshasa if it's the last thing I do, I will smite this man. And so I did that. Um, 
I'll also like to mention Winifred was giving me um, master tactician, so I was having advantage on the rock shots. That, that was the whole huge, time. and he was also taking pot shots with uh, Bracus's pistol. Yes, and so, uh, hit once or twice with it. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I had advantage, um, and this is where. Uh, I'll come. I'll come back to it. But there are some house rules that Teddy has that we're not fully taking advantage of, and I can explain that later. But right now, I'll finish off recapping the fight. And so, basically, with advantage, I had a higher chance to crit. I didn't crit, but. I still landed my hit and then I divine smite it. And I did somewhere around like, what did I do? Like 23, 25 damage. It was, it was between 25 and 30, I think. Okay. I didn't, I don't, I didn't want to say 30 cause I don't know if it got that high, but I knew it got to at least like 25. Um, so I did a great deal of damage and then his turn, because he went relatively after me, not too far after me. He just chugged a potion and regained like, 33 HP back or something. Everything that you're smited just done plus a little. I know that felt a little, that hurt me a little bit because I'm like, yes, we're finally doing some damage. And he was also a fiend. So I could roll an extra D eight damage to him because of the rating damage from divine smite. Um, so I'm like, yes, we're like, finally, like that's a big chunk done. And then he's like, look, 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 ha ha. I just negated everything it did. And it was, very annoying. So and, I, I want to, at this point, also point out that uh, Prue and Portia were taking care of a lot of the minions. Yes. And we, uh, I think that my spiritual weapon killed the magic user. So the Rakshasa was back to its regular high armor class. And, uh, but uh, Portia had positioned herself uh, when we were having this uh, big fight up at the front of the rear car, uh, it had cornered me in the room um, because I think Teddy said it like uh, jumped up and clung to the ceiling like something out of a Looney Tunes card- cartoon and uh, went skittering across the ceiling to get over you guys and then dropped back down, came into the same room that I was in and attacked me. I used the last of my lucky to avoid that attack. And then on the next round, uh, I think uh, you were uh, diagonal. So uh, basically we had him in a corner with you, myself, and Portia around him. You had um, protection from evil on you, so uh, it was a disadvantage to hit you. I had taken the dodge action for my, for my action. So it had disadvantage to hit me and, but, uh, it figured that out. So it just started, uh, focusing on, uh, Portia. Well, the very next round, uh, Prue ran up and wanted to, uh, get Portia moved to the side. And Portia was like, no. So Prue moved her <laughs> and yeah. like, just shoved her into, um, like, a, I don't know if it was the bathroom or, or an, another room across the hallway because she had also cast protection from evil on herself. So now we had three people surrounding this thing in a corner that all had, um, the Rakshasa had disadvantage to hit us all. 
And I think at that point it tried to boogie. And um, so we all got an attack of opportunity on it. In that, in that, it wasn't that the final hit. It, that's what happened. Um, was he was backed in the corner and he took his three melee attacks, but his third melee attack was a nat one. So the three of us got to use our reaction to melee him. Oh, okay. So it wasn't trying to leave. It, it just no crit missed. Yep, it was a crit miss on his part, and and Prue and I critical hit on our reactions yes. to attack him. And then you kind of yeah. rolled yours as well and nailed him as well. I mean, I rolled, I, I rolled good enough that it was modified to a 20. Yeah. You got <laughs> and, him. But my, my three points of damage got taken down to one because it had, you know, resistance, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and that's, that's another point. Um, I'll bring up the house rules is the crits. So the, the the house rules are so far crits and crit damage. So remind me to talk about that later too. Yep. Well, so this is basically where it ended though. Um, we, we finished him off and it basically dissolved, disappeared, whatever, went back to hell. And we, so we did save Brachus from taking any damage and we got both of Brax's Titanic relics. One of them was, let's see, there was uh, one that was just called uh, chrono, Chronolometer, Chronolometer, and the other one was a band of rubber, not a rubber band, <laughs> called the Dimensional Loop. And uh, both of them have several abilities. Uh, Brackus warned us that if, um, that the passive abilities are fine, but if we use active abilities on these things, it could go wrong, uh, you know, maybe displace us or whatever. So, um, we were given that warning. We were also, let's see, um, we got 30 platinum pieces, 150 gold, two pieces of pink coral worth a hundred each. Small gold bracelet worth 50. Five plus two arrows decorated with green flames. Um, f- uh, let's see. A dagger of venom, an immovable rod, which is a very cool item. Uh, and two potions of greater healing. And so we got all of that plus the two titanic relics in uh, recompense for what we did. So, um, all right. Uh, that is, and that we were all, the Rakshasa was down past half when it was time and Teddy let us go ahead and continue through until we finished the fight. And I think that we were all in pretty strung out shape. Um, you know, everybody, I think for the most part was down some hit points. Um, I would say, um, Mask was probably in the best shape. Um, I don't, uh, I don't remember how damaged Portia was, but I know Prue had taken some damage from um, being the only target for the advanced scouts for a while. Um, but yeah, I think that this this fight was very close, and 
we were not having the best of roles early on. No, we weren't. Yeah, yeah, we had some pretty uneventful or hor- kind of just for lack of a better term, horrible roles. Yeah, they were. They were. Um. Okay, so that is uh, that, and um. Now we go. Let's see here. All right. Um, last oh. n- last night, uh, I went uh, two for four with Toll the Dead. So 50%, that's not terrible. Um, that takes me up to, uh, what's the percentage now? What I write in the notes? Uh, 29%. 29%, yep. And that, that was up from... Uh, 26th uh, week before so it is slowly coming up um, I did get a couple of hits in with Toll the Dead this time around um, always uh, so slowly creeping up to that 65% where it ought to be uh, I think one of my hits was only for 2 points of damage um, which is disappointing when you get to roll a, a, a 12 sided dice but <laughs> uh, it is what it is at least it was a hit so um all right, that's the Toll the Dead report, and now why don't we talk about some of these underutilized house rules? Okay. Um, I'll also point out um, now that the once we killed the Rakshasa, we went to fifth level, so we're at fifth level. Now. Yes, we did. So- um, that also means every melee attack I'm going to do is a green flame blade melee attack, so we can add that to the cantrip report at the end oh yes uh, hits and misses all right um okay so we're using a lot of teddy's house rules we're using a lot like we're using flanking swapping spots you know non-lethal attacks um using uh like a the opportunity of attacks on a nat one you know that's great. We're doing all of those. Oh, uh, we can also add 10 to our initiative by using a, a uh, inspiration. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yep, yeah, there's a lot of stuff we can do. But uh, just a couple things I want to point out to the party and or, or anyone else listening and they happen to be in Teddy's game. Um this I'll start I'll just go top down. Um it just now applies to us because we hit fifth level, but our spell casters, um, there's spell slinging multiple times a turn. So when a spell caster reaches fifth level, which we just did, they may cast a spell as their action and up to a second level spell with the bonus action descriptor. That's huge. Because that, okay, uh, for me, what that's going to mean is. That I can cast Spirit Guardians, which is the third level spell for clerics, and then as an action, and then cast Spiritual Weapon, which is a second level spell, as a bonus action. Or Healing Word as a first level spell, it's a bonus action. That's huge. Getting two big offensive spells off on uh, in one round is is big. Yep. So that that'll be good for you. I don't know how much that'll affect me per se i don't know i ha- i don't think i have very many bonus actions um i think all my bonus actions require a melee attack 
So I can't really cast an action and then a bonus action. You know, it just doesn't work out for me. But um, I'll skip this one because, and, and I'll come back to it. But as I mentioned earlier, Winifred was giving me um, advantage. advantage. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Sorry, my mind blank. He gave me advantage on the Rakshasa and just so I could crit. And also I had Hexblade curse up, so a 19 was a crit as well. I never rolled a 19, so that never came into play. But there is pushing the limit which means a character may turn a hit into a critical by taking on two points of exhaustion. So instead of waiting for a crit to happen naturally, or I roll a 19 with a Hexblade curse up, I could have just taken on two points of exhaustion and made a crit happen right then and there. Um, yeah, I, I forgot don't exactly about remember what two points of exhaustion does, but we were nearing the end of the fight and the session, so I'm like, alright, two points of exhaustion, I can probably handle that until next session. So. I could have gotten a crit if I took on those levels of exhaustion. And speaking of crits, yep. another house rule Teddy has is chunky crits. So when rolling damage for a critical hit, a character may re-roll ones and twos, but must take the second result. And I didn't... I don't remember um, if Prue... And her crits were ones, but I do remember one of my crit. I rolled a one. Like, I did min damage. Like, with a crit, I did min damage. Like, And so I do specifically remember that. So that's also something we can look forward... Well, yeah, look forward to when we crit is we can re-roll those or we can force a crit if need be. I got uh, I got ahead of myself on one of the house rules. I thought, I thought we got our extra... Uh, ability score increase at fifth level and it's sixth. I have to go back in and alter my character sheet, take my strength back down to 14. <laughs> oh yeah. I, yeah. I need to take that into consideration for me. Um, um, yeah. And then going back on the recap, I'm surprised you left this out on the warehouse because we set it on fire. Yes, we did. <laughs> and you just kind of glossed over that fact when we were in the warehouse. And yep. I'm like, Elin, come on. Where's the fire? How could you forget that? Eh, we weren't around long enough for me to enjoy it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we said, um, well, I say we, but you spent a point of lucky to instantly sent the the warehouse ablaze. And before then, Winifred swiped a... A handful of miscellaneous items because you wanted a voodoo doll of Yorick Amonitude. Yes, I did. And uh, the other thing was that we found a journal there as well uh, that shows some of the gang activity, evidence of some of the gang activity that we can turn in to Captain Trelith. Yep. So, um, yeah. Um, uh Really good night. Um, it was a lot of fun and a lot of combat. Um, so fifth level uh, for you, what's that? Your second warlock level. So now you get the green flames that jump, or they I, they always jump. You get the green flames that do a d8, right? Yes, my cantrips kick in at fifth level, and I get a another spell slot. Um, so now my green flame blade, on top of the normal damage from my sword, I do a d8. 
with green flame blade and then the jump over is a d8 plus my charisma modifier as long as they're within five feet right yes as long as there's another hostile target but now it doesn't even matter if there is anybody within five feet because you're going to get the d8 regardless yep yeah that's pretty awesome um for me i got third level spells which is huge once again spirit guardians um i get um let's see uh, this is this is something that I wish that the character mancer took into account. So even just playing a straight cleric, um, when I add a level, I have to go through and, and deactivate a bunch of my spells because it says that I have too many. But I don't think I think where the confusion comes in is that because I am a life domain cleric, I get two um, two spells that I can always prepare at each spell level so there's always two i I can always do cure wounds and bless it with first level spells i don't have to ever have those as they're always prepared essentially yeah Uh, i've run into the same problem yeah second level um is spiritual weapon and aid maybe i can't remember oh uh no it's uh, uh minor restoration uh, and then third level, uh, there's there's two more, and I think I get that through uh, fourth and fifth level spells too. So, and then I also get my uh, character level plus my wisdom bonus. So, right now I get six automatic spells because I have first, second, third level spells, and then I get nine more for being fifth level with a four wisdom bonus. So I get 15 total spells that I can have prepared at any one time across all three. I mean, two of them have to be, you know, in each level what they are. But yeah, it gets confused and it makes me deselect a bunch of spells when I'm when I'm going through there. Um, so my hit points went up to the 40s, I think. And um, hey, Winifred rolled an eight. Yep, he rolled max for his hit points. He rolled max HP. That was awesome. So, so did so did Prue too. She rolled max HP as well. I didn't see Prue's roll. That's great. Um, so, uh, did you happen to see Lars and and uh, Prue or uh, Porsches? Um, I I don't specifically remember them. Something tells me they took the average. Well, that's I mean that's what I always I do too. So, wouldn't hold it against me. Um, so yeah, any, anything else that we, anything else that we need to talk about? (laughs) Yes. Yes, we do. Um, I uh, had a crisis. I'm calling it a crisis of faith because I misunderstood the prerequisites for some of the Eldritch invocations. And, um, I knew I wasn't going to get Eldritch. So what I initially thought is I wanted Eldritch Smite. And the prerequisites for Eldritch Smite is 5th level and Pact of the Blades feature. Right. Well, I get Pact of the Blades feature at 3rd level Warlock. So I wasn't going to get it until I hit 6th level anyways. What I didn't understand is that it's 5th level Warlock, not 5th level player i heard some of that going on i was i was kind of going through my own character sheet so i missed some of it but 
Yes. I've, I've specifically thought when when we were looking over that stuff, some of those things specifically mentioned warlock levels, and other ones just said like level five. Yes, and I brought that up, but it's I can't I can't do it. It's fifth level warlock. I have huh. to be. So that means forever third level paladin because I'm focusing as hard as I can to get to fifth level warlock now just so I can have Eldritch Smite. And by at that point I'll be casting third level spells. Um so yay. Alright. <laughs> My Eldritch Smites have been delayed by three levels now. <laughs> so um how about this for the Green Flame Blade report? Let's see if we can Do you recognize this? Oh, you can't hear it? Uh-uh. Uh, this is Dragon Force through the fire and flames. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, the only, one of the only songs on Guitar Hero that I just, like, never even tried. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, that's that. Um, all right. So, good session. What'd you think? 10 out of 10 would, would recommend? Yeah, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, um, going in between the doors, you know, like going through one door and then completing a trial and then going back out it and then going through another door. um, I don't know if it's just me and I think weird, but uh, after like our second time going through the door and we were going through the third door, to me, all I could think of was just that classic shot of Scooby-Doo. You're looking down a hallway (laughs) and the characters are just running in one door, coming out another, running in through another door, coming out a different. That's just what it felt like to me when we were running in and out of those doors. There was always, and there was always a song playing. Yeah. Yeah. And we were just running willy nilly going whichever direction the doors took us. Oh my God. I should have named Riley Scooby-Doo. Oh, I like Riley though. (laughs) Uh, oh man, <laughs> Roro Dominey. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Uh, okay, well, uh, that's all I've got. Unless you've got some more to talk about. Nope. Um, just yeah. Uh, next level, I'll be able to cast second level spells, which doesn't sound like a lot when you're sixth level. Like you should be having second level spells at sixth level at this point. I mean, hell, you got third level spells. Yeah. But, but for me, that's big. It is big. I've been so. at first level for five levels now. All right, man. Thanks for carving the time out again, and I will talk to you later. Have a good evening. Yeah. Thank you.